to start into chapter 3, so I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles there. But we're going to start into chapter 3, but I want you to see kind of where we were in this epistle as we start the new chapter. So, let's open our Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 3 tonight. It's my goal, it's my plan, really, just to cover one verse. We don't do that that often, but I'll tell you why in just a moment as we turn there, why we're going to do that tonight. Ephesians chapter 3, tonight it's my plan to cover verse 1. When you're making out a sermon plan, a, a teaching plan, sometimes you, sometimes things don't, they don't fall out in your neat little section. And the dilemma that we have tonight is we could, we could either cover chapter 3, verse 1, or we need to cover chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And it's going to be really, it would have been really difficult, I think, to do justice to the entire section. So we're going to cover chapter 3, verse 1 tonight. And then in the, in the subsequent lesson, I really would like to see if there's a way we could cover the, the rest of the first part of chapter 3 all in one sitting and then move to the, to the prayer in the next. If we can't do that, we're going to divide it up into two parts. But, but tonight, it may be a little shorter lesson. We're going to look and we'll continue on some of your faces. You might be happy that it's a little bit of a shorter lesson. But, um, but to, to try to cover the, the entirety of the first part of this chapter would have been more than you could have spared in spite of the, the promise in 1 Corinthians that God would give you peace. And God would give you more than you could bear. That would have been probably more than you could have borne tonight. Chapter 3, verse 1. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Now something's interesting here. You see a dash there? Paul really doesn't finish the sentence until he gets to verse 14. I'll talk about that in just a minute. He breaks into his thoughts and he has a digression. But remember in chapter 1, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul delineated a series of wonderful blessings that God has poured out upon the believers, culminating in chapter 1 of a very tender prayer and encouragement that we might move to a mature relationship with the one who has blessed us so greatly. So the bottom line in chapter 1, God is willing to be trusted. Remember that? Remember he's building the case for you. In chapter 2, uh, Paul's going to elaborate or elaborates on our new position in Christ, first individually and then corporately. In verses 1 through 10, he elaborates on our new position in Christ individually, two concept being grace. You see in, in chapter 2, he begins with bad news in the first three verses that we were dead in our trespasses and sins before we trusted Jesus Christ to forgive our sins and grant us eternal life. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. Not only, not only that, we were by nature, at the end of verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Now, that's not what you want to hear. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that, 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 that the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, is currently, present tense, pouring out his wrath on all ungodliness. You see, God poured out his wrath upon Christ on the cross, and, and it doesn't need to happen to you. If, if you have trusted Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and grant you eternal life, you're no longer a child of wrath, as Paul describes the Gentiles, or rather describes the Ephesians before they came to Christ. So it's a terrible thing to be under the wrath of God. Totally, and I put it this way, totally unnecessary for any human being to find themselves as a child of wrath. Because Jesus Christ has paid the eternal penalty for sins. What we need to do is receive it right like a child receiving a gift from a grandparent. 
you don't pull out your wallet as a child. When you're six years old, grandpa doesn't give you a present. You say, here, grandpa, let me give you a coin. Watch this coin. So many people try to do that with God's hand. He set this incredible gift that's worth a lot more to me than your grandpa's computer box. And we pull out his coin. We say, here, let me help you. Kind of insulting that blessed Jesus. Kind of insulting that blessed Jesus. Pay for our age of eternal life. Pay this for this. If you give this to me, eternal penalty of sin would be death if he was a dear son. And for us to say, well, I'm going to work. I'm happy to accept that, but let me work too. Now, granted, we are to work. Work is not a bad form of a word Christianity, but not for our salvation because of our salvation. Because we love it. Not to pay him back, but because we love it. And that was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and then finally verse 10. Then, of course, we see in verses 11 through 22, Paul outlines our new position corporately. Corporately, not just not individually. The first 10 verses talk about us as individuals. First, the bad news and the good news. Remember, remember the terrible bad news that in verse 4, but God being rich in mercy. So we, have, we are in a real desperate situation because of God's mercy and grace. By grace through faith, we can become right with God from an individual standpoint, but it doesn't stop there. You see how Paul is, is brick by brick building his case that we should have unity within the body of Christ. First, we're all the recipients of those incredible things that he mentions about us. Then each of us individually is a recipient of God's grace. And then he pulls us all together. I can, I can make sure that we're very well aware that, that me, that I, as an individual, am a recipient of God's grace, that I did not earn my salvation, that I didn't deserve my salvation. Even if I had a million years to work on this earth, I could never be good enough to earn God's salvation. Me, as an individual, and you as an individual, as soon as we all get that, in the first ten verses of chapter 2, then Paul brings it all together. And the last, verses 11 through 22, and says, okay, now that you've got that, you're all part of a body. You're all part of a corporate body. And the other people in the body with you, they're in the same, they were in the same boat that you're in. And now the only reason they're in there is because they've done the same thing you've done, is by grace through faith receive this free gift. Apart from any works you can do. So since we're all in there because of the same reason, and part of a corporate body, then Paul's making a case for unity. The bottom line is chapter 2. There's a positional and personal union within the body of Christ that forms the basis, that forms the basis for the call to unity within the body of Christ. Okay. Now let me help you. Now in chapter 3. Chapter 3. Paul moves to offer a prayer for those who are part of the body, positionally and corporately. Chapter 3, Paul moves to offer a prayer for those who are part of this traditional corporate unity that he calls them to pray. Chapter 3 is still part of the doctrinal section of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And if you notice, we, we, we've already done that this morning. We've seen the doctrinal section. If we're going to see theology, we would have to see the applicational section. But that's, that's a good way to kind of keep in our minds the, the structure of this entire letter. Now, the reason I want you to do this is we are all most all of us, I can't speak for all of us, but I have, have some area of practice in which we can work on. Uh, practice in ministry, in preaching, in teaching, in evangelism, in nursing, in Bible school, all different areas of study and practice. And even as a speaker, I think I can work on those areas of practice. Even if I don't go and do it teaching very regularly, all of us have to work on some of the doctrinal sections. There was a time in my life when I was practicing
Lord, I can say that I see exactly who this is. The whole thing is pretty much, I can say without better or wrong, whether it's the Holy Trinity or not, but to God the Almighty.
anybody could inherit the seed of perdition. Now, we, we've also said we can have that category of people in this particular passage. The category of people were primarily direct, dysfunctional adults, not as preachers, but primarily direct report how a local church was structured. Primarily that. Now, Paul's letter to the Ephesians is primarily directed not so much to local churches, but to the public. He is saying that the larger church, he's referring to the church proper, the church of God in Christ. You see, so even in different parts of the New Testament, there may be a prevalent level of separation. Paul's, in Paul's pastoral ministry, the primary reference is to local churches. How do we hear from the local church? The primary reference is to the local church. The Ephesians, the primary reference is to the local secondary So this week, again, we're back to the idea of the body of Christ and the larger church. Again, the phrase that is repeated, first of which I think word for word here in the Greek text, after the larger Christ digression, which gives an indication that without the digression, the body of Christ But if we didn't have the digression, verse 1 would probably be fulfilled. Verse 3 is by the body, the occasion of Christ's resurrection and ascension, by all people. You see how I got that? If you look at verse 1, and then you go to verse 14, without the digression, that's what is read. When you get to verse 14, I'm going to bring that back up so that you'll see, see the structure of Paul so we won't be confused about the ascension.
nothing gets out of the nothing gets out of the hands of the church unless, like I say, it's a prompting of God and you know, it's like it's like you're under a scripture. God's prompting you fine to make sure you do that. You need to make sure you don't do that. Almost like you have instant warning like you have like you're trying to steal the olive and they just put it in your hand after you
Thank you. 